Welcome to Kick the Effin' Ball Podcast, where we talk all about the big ball and the small ball. From GAA to LGFA to Hurling and Camogie. Here we go! And the referee is looking around and acting of Mickey. Slobberini, Slobberini! There's men being kicked and bruised all over. Over the bell with the bear for a day. Oh, how the hell are you? You're listening to Kick the Effin' Ball podcast, where we talk all about the big ball and the small ball. You're listening to Murph and Mr. Editor, Nathan. How are you? Murph, how the hell are you? Oh, grand. You're taking my sayings now. Are you taking your sayings? Because you're forgetting your own sayings. I am forgetting my own (laughs) sayings. All right. We have a massive podcast in store. Big, big, big podcast in store this week. Yeah, we're delighted to have Cor Staunton. Well, what do you make? Nathan, did you, did you, can I ask a question now before we go any further? Fire did, ahead, yeah. Did you actually know who Cor Staunton was before I told you? I knew who Cor Staunton was because you told me about three years ago. That's the only way you would have known her? Pretty much, yeah. She's, she's an LJFA legend. Like It's the reason why the Ladies Football Association is where it is today is because of what she's done. Um, I'm delighted to have her on. It'll be a great interview, great chat. We talk all about, I suppose, her childhood, her life, how things have gone, uh, her inter-county career, her club career, and then, obviously, her tipping across the sea and playing a bit of AFL. I, I, I love Aussie rules football. I, t- I don't know anything about it. It seems I don't know anything about GAA. But I know nothing about it. I just love sitting and watching it. It's just, oh, it's great. Oh, hit like, For a lad like me that's used to kicking wides left, right and centre, I'd be fairly alright over there. Well, yeah, true, <laughs> true. Nathan, massive weekend for the awfully hurlers and awfully footballers. Two massive wins for them. Big, big wins, yeah. Yeah, and Westmead were unlucky. They, <laughs> they had two losses, I suppose, at the weekend. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start with awfully. They had a huge result over Kerry in the hurling. Big, yeah. Considering Kerry, Kerry knocked him down. Yeah, to, Kerry, yeah. yeah, a couple knocked of years ago. Down, yeah, to Joe to. Sorry, yeah, to knock him down to Christy Ring. Knocked him down to yeah. Christy Ring, yeah. So nice to get a bit of a. What would you call it? Kind of a, a dig back in at them, you know. Reassert your dominance, as the fella says. Well, the money is definitely working. That's two weeks in a row. I tell now. you what, yeah. Hope on the show. Hope on Shen Lowry. Fair play to you. 228 to 13 points to bet Kerry. Yeah. But the game was pretty much over by half time, being honest with you. Yeah, I didn't see it myself, no. Was, the act needed to be cleared at the weekend, and I just didn't get a chance to bless myself. <laughs> Nathan, I feel this conversation we're going to have when we're reviewing games every week is I didn't see it myself because. As sure, come here. There's always things to be at, like. <laughs> it was a huge result. And then the awfully footballers who travelled the whole way down to Ockram in Wicklow. Wicklow. And uh, Claraman, uh, Colum Doyle. Hardy had a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also scored the goal for them as well. Yeah. Um, won 114 to 110. Great result on the table, first round. Great result, great result. And as well, sorry, with the awfully hurlers, that's two wins from two now. Two wins from two, yeah, the big mead last week. So... I, I actually don't know. I, I, Jesus, I haven't checked the diary to see who they're playing this weekend. I can't remember. No, I never thought it would. It's shocking. Two lads doing the GA podcast. Never thought to check the fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me, me, me. I can just. I can, sorry, I can hear Jono 
shouting. <laughs> I can hear him shouting at the phone. A pair of fucking eagles. <laughs> Mead and Westmead uh, played out on Sunday. Uh, yes. Up in Park Talton, up in Mead. Uh, Mead came out one point victors against Westmead. Uh, Westmead left it behind as of such. Um, it was a good game. It was a good contest, but I would feel it's probably left behind him. Um, and they're going to have an even tougher contest this weekend. They have Mayo in Cusick Park on Saturday. Big game. Well, considering Mayo absolutely annihilated down 221 to 111. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so so I'd be panicking. And on a plus side, in the hurling, we, we actually put in a great shift against Waterford down in Walsh Park on uh, Sunday. Sunday as well, sorry, yeah. Only beaten by a couple of points, wasn't it? Uh, 122 to 119. That's, that's not bad, considering, like, you had still have to look at Waterford are, they're all Ireland semi-finalists. Yeah, they're all Ireland finalists, Nathan. Finalists, 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 sorry, I just heads all over the place. Like, they're all Ireland finalists. Like, they're not going to be easy, I bet. And to, you know, to, to, get, to get that sort of a result for a team like Westmead, like, that's... Well, they're going to be in the, Waterford are going to be in the top four this year, like, give oh, or take, they they're going to be mixing around that. Um... John Milan, he loves his county. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't mind that match on Saturday in Munch Park was very same as Royal Rumble. It yeah. ended up, yeah, there was three lads sent off. Jesus Two for Waterford, one for Westmead. Um But other than that, it w- it seemed to be it seemed to be a right cracking match. Um I actually sat down and watched it. Um Ingus Clark, yeah, Ingus. You don't you don't sit down. Well You don't like sitting down. I don't really know. Uh, there must have been food in front of you. <laughs> Ingus Clark was back for Westmead, played a cracking game. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I suppose, l- how did we get on with the Camogie side of things with Westmead? Westmead won Camogie to bet Dublin. Good win, yeah. Yeah, first game under the belt. Um, awfully, it hadn't played because they were in a bye. So yeah, they had a bye this week, didn't they? Yeah, they'll be out this weekend. Um, so best of luck to them on that one. It'll be interesting to see how they get on. I think the first game is against Kilkenny, if I'm not mistaken. Nathan? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of awfully camogie, yes, uh, I've seen John Week they've launched their new jersey. Did I? Am, am I going mad, or did I actually see that the jersey was designed by kids? Yes, correct. Yes, I thought, yeah, I thought I thought I'd seen something about that. So basically, what awfully camogie done was they organised a design your design your jersey for your county, and Jesus got phenomenal. Phenomenal, uh, I suppose. What participation would be the word? Well, that'd be one word anyway. Did over four hundred entries. Did you enter yourself? Did you? Well, I did actually, and I was disqualified for colouring outside the lines. Honest to God, the mother must have given you some some bang to the head when you were a baby. <laughs> um, so the lucky two winners were Aaron Dooley from Drum Cullen and Kiva Davy from Shinron. Uh, they picked out the, or their jersey got picked out and they're, I don't know if you've seen them and no I haven't seen it Jesus they're lovely lovely jerseys yeah oh class class for kids you know <laughs> the, the ton- I'd say the teachers in the background I was saying hey, come here now call me that leg <laughs> we're winning this um, uh. yeah they launched their jersey during the weekend down in Burr Castle uh, and Tullamore's Becky Bryant was that was that being the model I suppose was that Burr Castle being the model yeah um, so listen I want to wish Susan and the Offaly Camogie team the best of luck anyways ahead of this weekend um, and listen we all want to wish all the teams I suppose best of luck at the weekend am I right Nathan? you're dead right Murph and in other news Nathan 
did you see uh, what Lidl have and LGFA have come out with today? No, what's that? All of the National League ladies football games are being covered in association with Lidl. So there's basically an app you download and all the games will be on it and all the links to it. Okay. Huge, Nathan. That is huge for ladies football. Massive. Well, considering that they, they haven't had something like that done before. They had a couple last year where their games being live streamed stuff like that and it was great. But now where you're going to have all games live streamed and covered. Unbelievable. You know what's shocking though? Uh. We're here trying to do a podcast talking about, you know, general GAA bits and bobs. While herself is down in the kitchen texting me to see if you want chip sandwiches. <laughs> oh, tell her send them up. Do you want a chip sandwich? Oh, send them up, will you? I'll text her there now, so. Oh, jeez, we won't turn away that. Anyways. Yeah, Nathan, did you see it? He's actually, I, for, I any, for anyone that's I messing. Just, I just texted her said, Morph said he'll have one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about what it is. She's probably texting me, hinting, Are you nearly finished yet? Will you go down and get the bag of chips to make the chip sandwich? <laughs> well, as you can see, we take our GALGFA Kamogi very serious on this podcast. And our chip sandwiches. <laughs> and our chip sandwiches. You want brown sauce or red sauce? <laughs> 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 um, so, <laughs> so, Nathan, what did you make of the weekend's game? I suppose. Did you see, actually, did you see David Clifford's antics? No, I didn't say. I heard something about it. The boss was telling me I'm work today. What? Nathan, who's David Clifford? I don't know, Morph. Who's David Clifford? <laughs> is that, is that, <laughs> well, is that your man who was on the Eurovision here a couple of years ago? No. <laughs> okay, that'll go. Now we're back to square one. I thought Nathan was improving, and he's not improving. Uh, David Clifford plays with Curry. Right. He is a phenomenal footballer at such a young age. But he done scored a goal. He scored three six in forty five minutes against Galway the other day. But one of the goals he scored was probably one of the best goals I've seen. It was a soccer style, dummy up the defender and the keeper soccer style pulled it back and kicked it into the goals. It's like something you'd see Messi do with Barcelona. Unbelievable. We're getting the chips out of the chippers, not making them. What chips were flying? <laughs> anyway, getting back to it. Um, yeah, but you see that sometimes. I remember going down to where were we? We were in Ballymahan, and <laughs> if you if you're going to tell me you were no. on a trick like oh, Leo Messi no, in no, Ballymahan, no, no, no. I, <laughs> it was not me at all. But one of the lads that played with us, uh, Robert, right? He um, pure soccer man. Didn't didn't like. The LGA at all, but like that, when you're getting a few hours off school to go down to Valley Mahan and kick football, you're not going to yeah, say yeah, no, yeah. right? I think he scored, did he score 3 6 or 3 7 that day from full forward? And he never kicked the ball once. Every single one of them was a header. Every single score he got that day was a header. He scored a beautiful header right at the top corner. The keeper, the keeper just stood there looking at him. Well, <laughs> Nathan, come here to tell you, he must have a fairly sore head. Because I don't know, have you ever tried well, Heather O'Neill's... Well, he's a fairly big head, like, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever try on Heather O'Neill's footballs? Oh, Jesus, no. Jesus Christ, I remember getting a bang off one of them one night. Well, I thought I seen fucking Davy ducking the whole lot running around in my head. <laughs> I'm not joking you. Whatever they put in them in O'Neill's, jeez, they make shy here. <laughs> 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 uh, on other news... Westmead have come out with their league fixtures yes. and have also announced their championship fixtures. Um, sorry, their championship structures. It's for the club now. 
Yeah, okay. clubs, yeah. So they're up and running. I haven't heard anything on Awfully yet, so it's been quite... Yeah, so I'm assuming it will be out shortly. Well, you see, I'd say if you say a lot of the Awfully boys are probably... Not the players themselves, though, but the lads, the powers that be, they're probably flat out on the beer considering Awfully after winning three matches in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, do Sorry, Jono. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? The funny thing is about it is that... Uh, it, it, it's not, it's going to be, I suppose, a championship that's going to be running for for all for a long year. Oh yeah, I think Westmeads one's finishing up. Their county finals set for November. November. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember though, Murphy? All Ireland finals were played in December last year. Yeah, which yeah. is getting back to why I said on an earlier episode why I think that the club should have been played before the county because the county grounds have the better facilities in terms of lighting and stuff like that. Yes. That when you're coming into your dark winter evenings. Turn on the lights there, lads. Turn on the lights there, boys. Stick a tenner in the generator there, PJ. Come on, let's get the bed there. <laughs> Jesus, Tommy, it's only five o'clock. And okay, I can't see the ball in front of me. Use the yellow one. No! <laughs> <laughs> Are they still using the yellow footballs? Um, Jesus, Nathan, I don't know. And I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them in a while. I know they're using yellow slitters, all right. It's only when they're playing under lights, though, isn't it? It is. But they're lovely slitters. They're a lovely slitter. Jez's, I hit one there one day. Mother of Jez's, she, she, she flew. <laughs> she flew. Well, I hope she flew. About four yards in front of me, because I can't swing a hurl and never mind kick a ball. Yeah, I'd say the <laughs> child done better on you, anyways. Oh, I bought a hurl here a couple of weeks ago. Nathan, unless, the only reason you bought hur- a hurl now was so you could open the door of the fridge while you're sitting on the couch, something like that. No, An no, extension no, no, or something. No, no, That's no, about no, all. No, I bought a hurl. Yeah, sure. So they'll give it a go and see what happens. I've been out there poking, poking again the back wall of the house there. How's that going, Nathan? Not great now. I could only imagine. It's really not great. It's a very good thing there's no windows near anywhere. To be poking. honest, Nathan, anyone that knows, I think they'd kind of have a fair idea. Physical exercise... Wouldn't be my strong suit. Oh, it wouldn't be both of strong quads. No, wouldn't be mine at all. Yeah, we're kind of more the lads that be shouting in on the line. Go <laughs> him or something, you know. Yeah, I'm a dig there, PJ. Go on. Yes. Why is everyone called PJ this evening? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't a fucking clue. There's an awful lot of PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan. Anyway, Marv. Will we get to it? Will we get to it? We'll, I suppose, give her an owl call. Miss Cora Staunton. We'll give her an owl call. All right, folks. On this week's podcast, I am delighted to have the legend that is Cora Staunton on with us. Cora, for anyone that doesn't know, is, I suppose, the reason why the Ladies Gaelic Football Association in Ireland is where it is today. Um, in her playing career, she's four All-Ireland medals, three National Leagues. She's been got 11 All-Stars. She's won six Club All-Irelands with Karen O'Conn. And then if we step outside that, she has an FAI... Uh, Cup medal with Castle Bar, I think, am I right? Or Mayo Ladies. And then she's also played rugby with Castle Bar. And in 2017, she headed down under to play with Greater Western Sydney Swans. Cora, how the hell are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, good night from Sydney. Um, how's <laughs> all in Ireland? Oh, sure, listening. We're doing all right in the Midlands. We're, we're keeping well anyways. Uh, raining as per usual. Yeah, a little bit better here. Weather's a little bit better in Sydney, even though it's coming into the winter time. They're still in <laughs> still in their mid twenties, so I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it's better than anywhere else. Um, Cora, I'll get straight into it, and I suppose LeBron, the first question I'm going to ask you: Where did you get your love for the ladies' game, or where did it all start off? Yeah, I suppose God, that's a long time ago. I suppose it all started off um, where I'm from in in Carnacone. Um, 
I went to a, a very progressive national school um, in, in the village of Cairnacona, and we had a principal that was um, highly involved in all types of sports and, and got me involved in, in everything from, you know, obviously Gaelic football being the main one, but played many sports, um, handball, racquetball, um, you know, basketball, soccer, uh, rounders, your typical sports that were around at that stage. Um, yeah, so anything that we... Anything that he played in school, I, I obviously threw my hand at. And even though I was the only girl that was kind of involved in it, I, you know, I stuck at it. And I suppose, I suppose from the age of kind of seven and eight, really got into Gaelic football and kind of fell in love with it from then and, and continued to play it. And when you were growing up, I suppose back, uh, times would have been different to, I suppose, the, the generation that's here now. Who would you have looked up to as, I suppose, your biggest sport inspiration when you were growing up? Yeah, I suppose there was it was majority was Gaelic footballers, um, and probably majority or all were male Gaelic footballers because I didn't really know any female Gaelic footballers at the time. Um, and and then I suppose on on outside of that, um, I was a big Manchester United fan, so um, <laughs> a, few, a few a few role models there that I looked up to, and obviously Sanyo Sullivan. But yeah, it was Sanyo Sullivan certainly, uh, Roy Keane because he was obviously captain of Man United at the time. And then from a footballing point of view, um, probably Morris Fitzgerald was the one footballer that I loved watching. Um, but yeah, I, there was others as well. But he was probably one. And um, I think, obviously, that Galway team that were very good um, in the kind of early 2000s and kind of in 98, Michael Donnellan and Porrick Joyce and, and players like that. But also, there was plenty of Mayo players, probably Kieran McDonald being been the main one. Am I, am I right saying uh, when you first started off, did you actually end up playing for, a, I know, a short period with Alan Dillon? Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> for a short period. So, um, yeah, we're from the same club, even though um, our club is, is known as Carnacone in the women's, but Ballantubber is our, is our men's team. We obviously train at the same um, pitches. Yeah, so uh, kind of from under 12, under 14, and I, and I think I played maybe one game or under 16, I'd have played... Um, with Alan Dillon, and then I'd have also played against him in kind of in the local national school competition. He went to a school, obviously, um, in a different school to me. So yeah, I was involved in playing him maybe from kind of under ten, under twelve up, yeah, for a couple of years. So yeah, he he was an excellent footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the question I suppose is, when you were I suppose um, a twelve, thirteen, fourteen in the teenage years, did you spend most of your time? down at the GA pitch or were you kind of a person that would have been out socialising and hanging around with friends or? No, I, I suppose in my younger years, I, I obviously was playing so much football. So, you know, obviously it's, it's well documented from kind of the age of 13. I, I started playing with the Mayo seniors um, just as I kind of 13 and three quarters um, just uh, left first year in school. So, yeah, I, from that age, I, I was all football because obviously I was playing under 14, under 16, minor and senior with Mayo. Um, I'm probably doing the same with, with club as well. Um, and then obviously playing schools football and just other sports. So I was constantly gone playing sport. I, I hadn't much time for socialising. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was constantly just gone to matches or gone to training, you know, every, probably most days. I didn't really have many down days. I was gone um, doing something and then any other sport that used to come along, I used to obviously play a little bit of soccer and basketball as well, you know, when I, in the younger years. So, yeah, it, it was always sport and, um, you know, there wasn't a, a, a time for much else. You no chance for a snaky pint or anything? No, that, that was probably <laughs> later on, later, later on, later on. That, that was normally, um, 
you know, obviously if we're not between kind of the age of 17 and 21 or 18 and 22 and 23, that was our glory yeah. years with Mayo. So obviously, yeah, there was plenty of weeks after in October, <laughs> after, after we won the All-Ireland, there would be plenty of time for that. Um, but yeah, you have to balance both, obviously. Yeah. And you said, I just in previous commentary, you made your debut for Mayo at a very, very young age. Was that a daunting experience or how did that even come about, Cora? Yeah, um, I don't think it would be as daunting as it would be now. Um, you know, there was girls that stage playing football quite young. Obviously, the rule now is that you kind of play till you come out of the um, under-16 um, age bracket. So you're obviously not, normally 17 by the time you yeah. play now. But back then, there was plenty of girls that were kind of 15, 16. Not plenty. There was girls that were 15, 16 that were playing. Um, was it daunting? Probably was. Um, I suppose it came on the back of that I had gone into first year in 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 school in Ballinrobe Community School, and for anyone that knows Mayo football, Ballinrobe Community School was really where um, the basis of yeah. Mayo ladies football grew. They won five uh, senior A um, All Irelands um, in school in the schools competition, and they won three junior over a period of kind of eight uh, over the period of five years. Um, so yeah, I, was, I was obviously involved in some of them and it was on the back of my first year in school that we won a senior um, and a junior A in, in school. And that's where I suppose I became prominent and obviously was um, captain of the under 14 Mayo team at the time. And we lost in All-Ireland, um, I think it was to Watford at the time. I was obviously playing with um, Mayo under 16s and our minors. So we had been in, we were very, very good at underage getting to All-Ireland finals all the time. So um, I think that was on the basis of maybe schools football and, and doing pretty yeah. well with Mayo that, I, yeah, I got asked in. Well, yeah, no, I just think nowadays you, you wouldn't see it, you know, um, to, where, to where it was back back in in the time. Uh, Cora, I'm just re- doing a bit of research here, and am I right saying well, you played your first All-Ireland senior final in 1999, but you only stayed in the pitch for 90 seconds? Is that true? Yeah, so yeah, that, that was... <laughs> Um, that was obviously we had Fim, uh, good, a good uh, Westmead man, Finbar Egan was our, obviously our, our manager oh, for, for no, the yeah. five yeah, when we were um, winning. So, um, yeah, so I suppose that was um, more of a token. So I broke my collarbone the week before the All-Ireland um, in, in our final training kind of A versus B game. Um, in the kind of the last few minutes of that, um, just to tackle one of, our, one of my teammates, actually club made of mine and broke my collarbone. I suppose it was Finber's idea. Um, he obviously spoke to the Watford manager beforehand, Michael Ryan, to say that obviously Cora's broken her collarbone she won't be taking part. But I suppose because it was our first All-Ireland and I suppose I had been through a really difficult year before that I had lost my mother um, through cancer. So I suppose it was kind of Finber's way of yeah. maybe just everything that had gone on in the, in the previous 12 months and days had never be done. But yeah, I, I don't even think it was 90 seconds I was on for less. Um, but Obviously, the Watford manager was well aware. Um, I suppose it was it was back in the times we didn't really have big panels, and you know you weren't yeah. going to use your five subs. So um, yeah, it was it was a bit crazy when you look back at it. But yeah, it was a nice gesture, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, it was similar class. to do. It's class. No, I was just reading. I was kind of laughing at it. I was like thinking to myself, "Geez, you wouldn't see like some McBoan or any of them boys doing it now, you know?" Um, yeah. So, so in 2000, 2003 and 2007, you won four Ireland senior football medals. Is there any occasion, I suppose, that is special connection to you, that, you know, you enjoyed the most? Or I suppose, obviously, every time you win an Ireland medal, it's a great occasion, but... 
Yeah, I suppose it's hard. Like, obviously, I've won six with the club and four with Mayo. And, yeah, they're all very special, I suppose, uh, you know, from, from the club point of view. I suppose the last one we won in 2017 with the club was probably, you know, a huge one um, from the point of view that, you know, a couple of weeks earlier it was announced that I was going to Australia, obviously, to play AFL. Um, and, you know, I flew to, flew to Australia two days after we'd won that. And I suppose from the point of view then... Um, you know, unfortunately, our, our coach, who has been my coach since I was a 10-year-old in, in Carnacone, Jimmy Corbett, uh, passed away the year after that. So I suppose that one's very special because obviously it's the last one and, and yeah. it probably holds a little bit of weight. You know, I was lucky enough to be to, to be captain that year as well. So from a Carnacone point of view, it's that. Um, you know, and they're very hard to rate any of them. And I suppose from a Mayo point of view, probably 2000 after coming back, you know, I broke my collarbone, obviously 99 didn't play. Um, and, and didn't think I'd get the chance to get back out and play in Crow Park. And obviously we did 12 months later, and which we went on and won that final. So, yeah, that probably holds special, um, something a little bit more special um, than, than most. Um, I suppose they're the two, but it's very hard to rate them. They all, you know, they were all with different yeah. teammates and all hold something special. But, yeah, each one of them are special. So, yeah, but I suppose they hold, they're a little bit special than most. And I know you've mentioned here as well is that you won six All-Irelands with Carnacon uh, club titles. Um, there, anyone that knows ladies football know Carnacon. Um, and for you in 2017, winning, in them and winning that All-Ireland final before you flew out to Australia, that alone, like that was, must have been such a proud moment, you know, before you, uh, I suppose, set sail. Yeah, it was. I suppose it was... Um how would I put it? And obviously, it's my own fault, but there was probably a lot of pressure yeah. uh, put on myself, and then obviously on the club as well, because the whole story going in going into the final was obviously of me going, and you know I never kind of wanted that, but obviously the news broke um, about me um, signing for, for 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 GWS Giants in in October, um, the week kind of I was in Australia um, the week before we played Kilcurran Clubburn in a Connacht final. Um, and, you know, obviously it was like whenever we get knocked out, I'll go to Australia. But as it happened that year, that Connacht final was a, you know, tremendous match. We drew it and then we had to replay the following week and we won it by a point. And, and obviously we got to a final and, you know, just it was like the it was like a kind of fairy tale that we got there. And um, but at the same time, I suppose I put a lot of pressure on on the club because obviously the headlines was all about me and going to Australia and, you know, possibly being my last game and all, all of this talk. Probably a lot more pressure than other All-Irelands that we've been in. Um, which, yeah, it was it was great, I suppose, to be captain. And, you know, obviously was captain the first year we won our All-Ireland, you know, 15 years previous to that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I've, been, I've been a lucky enough captain when I've been for Carnacone. So, yeah, um, yeah, just very blessed to be from a very good club. And I suppose, Cora, you... Um, I, I, you probably wouldn't notice, notice yourself, but do you like you're such an inspiration to so many young um kids across the country? Like, I think even people that wouldn't have an idea of the ladies' football, like, did know Cora Staunton. Like, did you ever, I suppose, feel that pressure in your inter county career that you know people may be watching you or that you had to make the right choices? when you had such, I suppose, a following watching you? Yeah, I, I think it's probably... I was actually asked this question lately at, at a function I was doing over here in, in Sydney. Um, and it probably 
took me till I was, I, I, I'd easily say into my mid-twenties um, and maybe a little bit further to realise, I suppose, I was a role model to young girls and, and boys growing up. Um, and, yeah, it certainly took me a while. I, I, you know, I really didn't, you know, while people might think different, I really didn't like the limelight at all. I'm quite, like, off the pitch and probably, you know, a, a completely different person than on the pitch. You know, I'm quite shy and just like to be w- w- with my own gang of friends and, you know, not to be with too many other people. So yeah, yeah. That, took, that took me a while because, obviously, um, I don't like to say fame, but, like, that kind of celebrity... Oh, it is. It um, is what it is. Like, yes, yeah. status or whatever you want. came to me very young. Obviously, I had pressure on me from when, when I was very young and, obviously, making my Mayo debut at 13. And, you know, I think in my first Mayo match, I kicked 1-7, and from the, that was probably to the death of <laughs> Um, at, at 13 so years of age, I was probably had a little bit of pressure on me, and yeah, and then obviously winning the All Ireland's kind of between that period of being 17 to 21, 22. There was a there was a lot of a lot of different functions and stuff that you'd attend, and yeah, you, all you wanted to be was just a normal kind of teenager, adult, and yeah, there was a lot of pressure, and I, I probably didn't, not that I didn't deal with it well, but I just you know just wanted to be going out with my friends and doing you know kind of normal stuff that you do when you're in college and, and stuff like that so that took a while yeah um yeah so it's probably when I was in my later 20s that I kind of realized that and yeah obviously the older you get now uh, yeah you certainly realize it and I suppose with social media over the last kind of I don't know how long social media is there but certainly over the last five plus years you know I get a lot of messages on social media from you know parents and fr- yeah. from young you know t- Majors and you know letters and and stuff like that and even I suppose since I, since I wrote my book and, and and done the documentary of my journey here in Australia I, yeah I've got a huge amount of stuff from that so yeah I suppose you realise that then um, yeah but as I said it took me a long time yeah, to realise yeah. that yeah you were a role model and I know you just mentioned your your college time like you you were in AIT. So you're just down the road in in Westmead. Did you enjoy? What did you study, or did you enjoy it? Um, who who would have been your manager back then? I'm actually I'm with them now at the minute, so yeah. I'd love to know. Um, we had a few different managers actually. Um, Fimber actually managed us for a year, um, oh. obviously because he was our Mayo manager. Uh, we had uh, Gary Salmon was there involved in it. Oh, um, oh, Gary, yeah. Yeah, and then we had another man called Mick Bowen. I think he was with was he with Longford Ladies for yes, a while. Yeah, correct. And so yeah, we had we had a number of different managers. I absolutely loved my time at Athlone. Um and I've been back there actually a number of times since for different things. I was back there actually when I wrote my book for yeah. a bit of a launch. Um yeah, so I saw actually whenever I'm kind of around that area, you know, I'd still be in contact actually with a lot of the lectures and um I've just been at a different number of different things in Athlone. Um and I'd still, you know, see a lot of them so and, and be in contact with them. So, yeah, I absolutely loved my time there. Um, yeah, so I studied uh, sport or business and sport. And then I went did a, a master's in NUIG after that. So, but yeah, my time in that loan, I think, it, yeah, obviously, as I said, it was all through the time that we had yeah. um, obviously won with Mayo and, um, you know, a funny story. The first college game I actually ever played for that loan was probably two weeks after we won the All-Ireland with Mayo and I ended up um, with a broken nose and a broken jaw. So. <laughs> I, think, I think they had a lot of sympathy for me. Um, yeah, I was in a sevens freshers competition up in, in UCD. So, um, oh, they're lawless. Yeah. They're lawless. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, they looked after me very well. So, yeah, I, I'd have huge time for them. You know, I've... Um, 
I've went back to their sports ball as special guest there a few years ago as well. And, um, you know, I'd know the professor Kieran very well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of the place. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, class. It was, it's, it's unbelievable. It was probably, probably for me and where I was at my football at the time, obviously being a household name, it was probably the best college I could have gone to. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't too much expected of you, but you were treated so well. And did you have scribes there at the time? We had scribes <laughs> and we Charlie Browns and we had scribes, Charlie Brown and Blinkers, the nightclub. I yeah, can tell you yeah. a good few stories. I know it's certainly not Blinkers now anymore, but the nightclub was just up the road um, <laughs> from the college at the time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we'd we'd many a good night in, in all of the places and many a good day too. Um, in 2017, you signed for AFL side Greater Western Sydney Swans. You were the first international player to be signed. Was it a hard transition, Cora, from going from a round ball to, to I suppose, an oval ball? Yeah, obviously, yeah. So, yeah, it was probably a big transition. And, you know, I obviously didn't help myself because obviously Karen couldn't um, get into the All-Ireland and I, I missed probably the first month of pre-season because obviously I wasn't going to leave. Yeah. Leave Carnacon and that was the agreement. Um, yeah, so and yeah, obviously going over then and you're going over to Sydney in, in the middle of December isn't probably the best time with heat. You know, it's probably the warmest time of the year. You're up to kind of 35, 40 degrees heat. So all of that was a big change. Um, yeah, the transition from the round to the oval ball was one of the, was obviously one of the biggest things to, to change from. But also um, there was so much more. Um, you know, even learning the game and the education of the game. I'm probably you know, I'd only say I'm probably 80% there. I don't know everything about the game and it's, you know, it's not natural to me. But there was other elements, you know, that I probably struggled yeah. with a lot as well. Um, not just the ball, but I suppose the biggest thing for me is it's a very physical game and there's a tackle. But I, I had lucky I'd played rugby with Casabar and Connacht for, for two years. So um, that gave me a great grounding because I had played that and, you know, I kind of... Like the physicality of the game, um, but I know from the other Irish girls that have been over since, um, yeah. not that they found that probably the biggest challenge for them, where for me that probably wasn't the biggest challenge. Um, yeah, there's 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 many things you had to adapt to. Um, no simple thing is the rules, and I said the whole education of the game. It's very much NFL type based, where they play from game plans and structures and the play by play that type of stuff. Yes, that you kind of have to learn more so. And obviously all the skills elements. But as I said, uh, you know, I've played four years now with four years with them, and yeah, I'm still learning a lot of the skills as well. Um, you know, it's not like Gaelic football; they don't come natural to you because you have to yeah. be playing it since you were a child. Um, um, were you ever homesick? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Obviously, when I went over first, I, I you know I found it pretty hard. Um, obviously. You know, it was two days after we won the All-Ireland and, you know, obviously the Cardi girls are still, still celebrating. celebrating. <laughs> yeah, and I, I found that really difficult, Um, you know, even to kind of go two days after. I know the, the, the club were pushing me to probably to go that night after we won the All-Ireland. Um, so that was difficult. But um, I suppose when I went over, I was very lucky. My brother lived here for, for the first two years I was here and his wife. And at the time they had one boy Um so I, I was lucky for the first year I, I came over, I lived with them. So yeah, there was spells when you'd be homesick. It probably took me the first month to six weeks to settle in. And I suppose the biggest thing for me was that I was joining a new team. I didn't know the other 29 girls. And I suppose the last time I've joined some a whole new team, um, it's been a long, long time, yeah, you yeah. know, obviously, because I've been you know, set up for so long and I've been in the Karnakun set up. Yeah, I, 
I dabbled in soccer and I dabbled in, in rugby, but that was always with Gaelic football girls or I knew people that was playing. I wasn't doing it on my own. I always had, you know, uh, you know, crazy. My best friend would be played rugby with me. My cousin was playing rugby. And when we played soccer, there was probably seven or eight of the male girls that were playing soccer. So this was the first time I had, to, yeah, this is the first time I had to kind of um, do it on my own. And I suppose <clears throat> then you're the other side of the world. You, you, you have an Irish accent. They can't understand you. It's a far, it's, but it's a foreign game. There's all of that. So yeah, it's certain that took all took a little bit of time. But yeah, I, I think it was early. It was uh, maybe the first we the first practice match kind of mid January, and that's when I kind of fell settled into the team. And yeah, since then, yeah, you know, obviously, as I said, four years in, I'm very settled now. And yeah, um, you know, I feel obviously, uh, feel like I, I I'm a big part of the club and know the club very well now at this stage. Yes. It's class. I suppose a question I, I meant to ask you earlier um, when we were talking in terms of GA side of things, who would you rate as the best, I suppose, ladies footballer ever? Or, you know, that's someone that would have, I suppose, stood out for you. Or it, there could have been many of them, I suppose. But Yeah, I suppose it's difficult. Obviously, um, for me, not majority, but a lot of my career, we, we obviously came up the middle kind of to late part of my career, we came up against that brilliant Cork side. Um, yeah. It was obviously managed by Eamon Ryan and, you know, that won, what was it, 10 out of 11 All-Irelands, which, you know, was obviously unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. And I suppose Dublin, the Dublin team kind of came just towards the end of my career. So, yeah, it, you'd probably have to look at, you know, players from, from that um, from that Cork team that I'd have obviously admired and, and were brilliant footballers. And, Obviously, there's one of them here in the Giants with with me in Breed Stack. She she was definitely one that I spent probably majority of time marking. But there was many more in that Cork team, whether it was Breed Corkery, Rena Buckley, Deirdre yeah. Riley, Angela Walsh. Um, you know, you could keep naming them. They were probably some of the best players that, you know, obviously played the game and, you know, won numerous All-Irelands, numerous All-Stars, Player of the Year, everything. But yeah, Geraldine Flynn, she was another one. There was, there was some amount of really good players. Um, and obviously in the Dublin team that's still there, the likes of obviously Sinead the Hearn, Lindsay Davey, Noel Healy, who just obviously yeah, retired. Yeah. Sinead Goldrick, who's obviously out here, but you know, still a mainstay of Dublin. You know, they were, you know, some of some of the best players that I've played against. Um, and obviously if you go back to my early days, it's it's you know, the Monaghan and the Waterfords. Um there's plenty of good players there, whether, you know, Monaghan, the likes Neve Kinlandsey, Delburn, and then Waterford, you know, they were obviously my very, very young days. Um, yeah. You know, the Ryan twins. And there was, yeah, I could, I could go on, but yeah, they, they were probably the main ones, the Cork that we had the battles with probably for 11 or 12 years and normally come out the wrong side <laughs> of them. Um, and I suppose if we step away from the GA, and you've mentioned it as well, you actually had a career in the rugby side of things. So as if you weren't busy enough, you had a career in rugby as well as soccer. Um, and both had success with both of them as well. Is it true in your first rugby match you scored seven tries? Is that is that actually true? <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Yeah, no, it is true. Yeah, I do remember it. Um, yeah, I suppose, um, yeah, I... We just loved doing, st- I suppose it was off season with Mayo. I still was involved with Karen O'Connor. Obviously, rugby is a winter sport. And uh, I think it was my cousin that just said, Would you have any interest in playing? And yeah, so um, obviously, said me and Yvonne Byrne, crazy as we call her, decided we'd go along. And yeah, um, yeah, it was just something we decided to pick up in the off season. Obviously, um, I, I know for a fact at the time, 
the Carrick Cun management weren't very happy because uh, obviously rugby is quite a physical <laughs> game. And I, yeah, I had a few knocks, um, you know, and I, I, I think we played a Connacht uh, final um, in rugby, maybe um, I think a week or maybe 10 days out from an All Ireland final or semi final with Carrick Cun. Yeah, I just say I might have hurt my shoulder and yeah, things weren't too happy. So yeah, there was a bit of tension between both. But yeah, I actually, I really, I, I just loved my time playing it. I think it's it's the whole challenge of playing another sport. Um, I suppose when I was younger, I didn't get the opportunity because they, these sports weren't around. And I just loved the challenge of picking up a new sport and, and learning it, obviously, because I love watching all sports. So yeah, I really enjoyed the rugby. Yeah, it's probably something I'd have played longer if, you know, if, I, if it's something I had picked up when I was younger. And and with the soccer again, it was another just thing that we as footballers, when we get knocked out with Mayo, we'd go and play soccer. We just obviously just honestly just played soccer for the fun. We probably had players that had no idea what they're doing. We were just very fit, um, and we were very physical. And we used to have two or three girls that were actually skillful, and you know that normally took us, you know, that <laughs> took us. That actually brought us a lot of success. We won a see. A senior cup with Mayo, and we, I won two intermediate cups with two different clubs in Mayo as well. So, uh, and yeah, let's just say we're not brilliant soccer players at all, but um, we were just we were just very fit, and, and um, yeah, as I said, we're we were quite scary, we we're quite physical, and yeah, a majority of us were Gaelic footballers. <laughs> so, if we skip on and um, we look at Corn now, um, it's from where you started to where you are now. It, You've you've come on some journey. Um, is there anything that you know you would say you'd love to go back and do again, or you know, if I if I had one more shot at another All Ireland final, or no, it's 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 difficult. I, obviously, I could tell you more about the All Ireland finals, especially two thousand and one, um, that we lost, and you know, obviously. 2007, 2017. I could tell you more things about them than I can from the ones we won. But yeah. and it's the same with club. I think we've, I think we've lost maybe maybe four club all Irelands with Carnacon. I think that's what we've lost. So yeah, you can you know obviously talk about them. But you know I suppose there's girls that obviously go through their career and and aren't lucky enough to maybe play with their county or or you know win Anton. And I suppose we've just been very lucky that I've been come from an excellent club and. You know, are still quite successful. Um, you know, or I think we're going for I don't know if it's twenty two or twenty three oh, county it's, titles. It's, this it's something year, crazy. So. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose when you start playing football, you never think like that. So, uh, no, like obviously, you know, every sport I play with, you kind of nearly fall in love with, and you know, AFL is no different. You know, I absolutely love the sport. If you got the opportunity to play that when you're younger and. Yeah. build a whole career would you do it um, it's awfully difficult to know because then would I give up any of my time that I played with Mayo um, no would I give up any of my time that I played with Carnicone no so you know I've just been blessed that I've got the opportunity to do them all um, now I don't think I'd do anything different because I've invested so much time and energy and you know I've, I've absolutely no regrets and you know I've, I've never seen sport as a chore it's something I love doing and you know yeah. I, I know people often of all the hours that they've put in and they have to do this I've never seen it like that I've just seen it as something I love to do and it's it's brought me great um, you know it's brought me many great things and, and probably friendships and, and getting to know um, a variety of people over the time whether that's been through club or a county or different sports yeah. or now in Australia so 
yeah, it's 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 brilliant. Any any of my times while there's been obviously many defeats and losses more than there has been victories. Um, yeah, I've, you know, wow. I I know I've been very lucky. I've had an outstanding you know career, and yeah, there's been a few injuries thrown in on top of it, and you know that's all part of it. Um, would I change them? Probably not, because I think they make you um, even a stronger and, and a more resilient person, and, and probably make you appreciate appreciate the game even more. So. Yeah, there's, there's there's certainly no regrets in Anton. Yeah, there's yeah certain <laughs> shots and goals and you know in all Ireland finals things you do differently. But yeah, I've been just lucky to have the opportunity to to do it for so long. I suppose you just mentioned it there. I just in in 2019 you suffered a quadruple leg break. You would have been the age of 37. You're celebrating your 40th birthday this year, if I'm right. So happy 40th yeah. if I don't see you beforehand. <laughs> um, but so you would have been 37, 38 when you'd done your quadruple uh, leg break. Like, was there any thought process there of, uh, here, I'm just going to hang up the boots now? Or was the case, no, I'm going to go back? You know what I mean? At that age, yeah. you, had, you obviously had to put in a lot more work, did you? Or yeah, there's no, there's never a thought process, I suppose, of giving up. Yeah, there's probably like, oh God, um, at the time when I when I obviously broke it, I you know, you're in a lot of pain, but I didn't realise you know the exact damage that you'd done. You go to the hospital and get X-rays, and then you're like, oh God, yeah, I broke my leg. <laughs> no, I broke four places, well, three places, and I had broke my ankle as well. So, yeah, obviously when you hear that, and then. I suppose you have emergency surgery to straighten the leg and then you're two days waiting to have surgery, to have your main surgery. That's probably the time you have 48 hours there to oh, spend time on Google and on your phone and <laughs> researching, you know, anyone that had that type of leg break and that's probably not the best thing to do. No. <laughs> uh, um, so you're giving yourself a time frame. I suppose that was May and all I was thinking about was that we have a county final and... <laughs> In the September, September, early October, is there a chance for me for back from that? And that's me straight away thinking, yeah, you know, it's, is it? You talk to the surgeon, and he thinks you're crazy. But yeah, they never, they never rule out anything. They'll just yeah. say, oh well, you know, you never know. So, yeah, I suppose, yeah, there's obviously doubts. That, and then you, you know, you hear a couple of comments here. Obviously, when you're in a professional sport, you hear them from you know different people out here that are obviously very well respected. And you know, I suppose we are, we're lucky we share the club with the men. So. There's a lot of men's side of the um, organisation saying that has played AFL for for many years. They're saying there's no chance coming back from that, and that's why I think some little spark was off in my head. And probably it's probably the way I'm motivated for for my entire career that people, you know, doubt you and, and don't believe that you'll ever get back. And that's the only spark I need. Yeah, and drive, yeah, yeah, class. Yeah, that's that's me done. Um, so. Yeah, I heard probably a couple of comments early days. So, yeah, two weeks in, two weeks in. Once I got my stitches out on 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 day fourteen, you know, I sat up on a in an exercise bike and yeah, was from there went hell for leather. And it's probably it's just to prove people wrong, really. And yeah, that's as I said, that's probably the way I've been mentally wired for for a long time. So, yeah, it was it was it was difficult. There was plenty of down days and just plenty of times you you're wondering are you ever going to get back to anywhere near where you were. Um, but yeah. yeah, you know, as I said, I was lucky. I was over here and working with some amazing people. And you know, I was only doing what I was told to do by physios and strength conditioning coaches. So yeah, um, so yeah, it was it was intense. It was six days six days a week um, doing rehab, four hours a day, probably for probably for the guts of, you know, seven months, um, you know, I, I got back and playing, I think, well, I've obviously played when I come home after five and a half months, but that was, 
So it was a crazy move, but um, yeah, like I got back fully playing over here after eight months, which you know uh, um, yeah. was a, obviously a huge achievement, and and thankfully that you know that's that was two years ago, last last couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I have had no repercussions since. So um, you know, thankfully I haven't missed any games or anything because of it. So yeah, it's, well, by it's, the looks it's of things, good. you're only getting stronger by age. So <laughs> I don't know about that, but nah, as I said, it, it teaches you to, to even to love things even more and appreciate um to appreciate you know appreciate sport whether it's Gaelic football or AFL it you know you appreciate it a lot more um and yeah you learn a lot about yourself through injury as well which which is always a good thing um I'm not going to keep you too much longer but I would just one final question for you Cora do you ever feel I suppose when the time comes to hang up the boots would you like to step into management as in uh, whether it be club, county, uh, whatever it may be, was it something you'd like to do, or will you just, when the time comes, just take a step back and go a completely different direction? Yeah, it's 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 hard to know. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to take a probably step back for a while and see. Yeah, like uh, there, there's probably a part of me that will be involved in some type of management or coaching, probably coaching more so than you know management. Um, but yeah, like I obviously do it a lot when I'm in at home with the club, whether, you know, that's underage, you know, I've, you know, whether taking a lot of trainings for a senior team, you know, a lot of our senior girls do that, whether it's me or, you know, Fiona McHale, you know, there's many of the girls that do that, you know, yeah. at home. So yeah, you'll step into something like that. Um, you know, who's to say, you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot about AFL. It might be a thing that I'd like to to do something involved with that um and I, you know obviously i've been doing the the media side of of things for a couple of years as well and i really enjoy that so yeah it'll be probably a mixture yeah I, I do see in time that i will do some sort of coach and um as i said whether that'll be gaelic football or afl yeah it's something that i probably do but whether it'll be straight away it's 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 hard to know i i probably say you probably just need a mental break from it all and and kind of reassess from there. Yeah, chillax. Anyways, Cora, listen, I want to leave it there. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be talking to you. Um, you're a legend for what you've done to the sport with ladies football. Um, I wish you the best over in Australia, and I hope to see you soon. We might, if we can ever get back into Scribes or somewhere like that, we'll have a pint. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, is, is Charlie Charlie Brown still going or? No, Charlie's that's is still, gone. Is yeah, no, no, Charlie's, yeah, Charlie's is still there. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's is rocking. We'll have Karma as well. Karma's the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, cer- I certainly wouldn't mind um, a, a pint in Charlie's. Um, we used to be re- wi- Willow Park regulars where we used to live there. So yeah, oh, we yeah. used to just have to, just have to walk up the road to Charlie's. So certainly, yeah, if I, I'd be back in that loan. <laughs> And of course, that was the fantastic, very um, heavily decorated, medal-wise uh, lady, uh, Miss Cora Staunton, all the way from Australia. Thanks very much, Cora, for coming and having a quick chat with Morph here. Alan, isn't, have... she, isn't she a legend, though? Ah, come here, look. Like, like, as I said already, I only knew over what you told me over the last year or two or whatever, yeah. since you were doing the work with her in AIT. But she sounded like, even when we were talking percent, unbelievable. Oh, 100%. And like, I never realised like she has medals in soccer and oh, rugby yeah, as well. Like, yeah, Trevor Connick rugby. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Like that's it's an elite sport person. That's what you call it. That's exactly. She's probably the uh, the highest professional standard you'll come across. Well, you know Nate, what I mean, she's yeah. She can pick up anything. I'd say she could pick up what do you call like game uh, Harry Potter used to play. Oh, Quidditch. Yeah, I'd say she could play that well too. I'd Give Harry a run for her money. Oh, where have we done it? 
Vi wouldn't go off the ground. Hvor er det her til dig, Jok, til vi kan remove it? <laughs> right there, du har altså vi for mig. Alan, we have a little competition on our Facebook page. We do, we do. We have a little competition on our Facebook page. If you want, go and have a look at the page. Very simple. Like the post, share the post. Make sure you like the page. If you don't like the page, you're not in with a chance to win. And tag three friends. If you do that, and you are successful in your uh, campaign to win our competition, you could call it. You will win either an Offaly jersey or a Westmead jersey, depending on what you pick. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know what the terms and conditions are, because morphed on them. <laughs> <laughs> They're shady terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust the Rosemount man with the legal stuff. <laughs> also, we are going to be linking up with somebody very, very special within the next couple of weeks. It could be a brand. It could be a person. Could be a duck. It could be a duck. It could be a cow. It could be nothing. I could be only acting a maggot here and pulling your leg, but I'm not. Keep an eye on our Facebook page over the next couple of weeks, and we will have a photo of a past guest modeling something very nice. Oh, and don't forget to check out the Owl Interweb. Cheers, we have a website. That's right. I <laughs> forgot about that. What's the website, Morph? www.kickdeffingball.com. And that's kick. D effing ball, not T H E. Don't think we're just been stupid because we're from the Midlands. It's the letter D. That hits on it. That's it for this week, Morphe. Looks of it, yeah. I think so. Where's the chip sandwich? Uh, the chips must be. It must be nearly here by now. We'll get her on the way. Right, that'll do. <laughs> for me, Nathan. <laughs> for me, Morph. Keep on poking them. We'll see you next week. Yeah.